Hello, and welcome back to the Socially Distanced Podcast. My name is Al Manorino. I'm the managing editor of thepopbreak.com. With me every week, even during football season, is the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, Mr. Bill Bodkin. Bill, how's it going? How's your, how's your, how's your voice treating you? Uh, it's really good right now. <laughs> Actually, I'm uh, my voice is pretty shot. Uh, I went to my first major live event in two years last night, which was Wednesday night. Uh, when, from when we're recording this, I went to All Elite Wrestling Dynamite taping at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. It was wild. It was myself and thirteen thousand other people, and apparently Rosario Dawson was also there, and she jumped a dude. And it was not something I was expecting, but it was wonderful. But speaking of wonderful, we are on the 74th edition of this podcast. Next week, programming note will be episode 75. We're going to put a pause on what if, and we're going to talk about the See Here Now Music Festival happening this weekend in Asbury Park, New Jersey. If you're listening to this on a Friday when this drops, it is happening Saturday and Sunday. The festival headlined by Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins, the in the Avid Brothers. Al and I will be making our return there safely. It's open. It's outdoors, so we're, we're good. Uh, we're very excited for it. We're going to talk all about it. Um, but What's really cool is we are joined by someone making their podcast debut on Socially Distance, not with Pop Break, but on this show. He's a senior writer for thepopbreak.com. You've seen him throughout the years writing about movies, TV, and most recently, a ton of video games. Successful in his first week at the Pop Break Michael Bay Fantasy Football Championship. Al and I were also very successful in our first week. Lucas B. Jones, our editor. His woes continue. Uh, he also writes for his own site, More Reviews. He writes for a site, which I'm sure will correct me, called In Their Own League. Tom Moore, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Thank you. You got it right. Don't worry. I'm 1-0. That's where what's I want to be. Your, what's your team's name? Uh, uh, I, I'm Tom's terrific team. I, I, never, I don't change it. I don't like to do that. No, I no. Tom has always been the generic team name. Of course, yeah. Al, your team name this year? Uh, the, re- the rest of the Chiefs. The rest of the team, because <laughs> he didn't get yes. back homes this year, but he got everybody else. Got everyone else, pretty much. Of course, I'm, I, I am the Orange Athletes, uh, which is, of course, a wrestling thing, and is also to piss off Mike Vacchiano, who's on our league. <laughs> so, real quick, since we're talking uh, fantasy football names, uh, I, I, I'm very proud of this one because I haven't had a good like football, uh, fantasy football team name in like ever, because um, I'm not clever. But I oh. came up with a good one in both leagues that I'm in. I uh, drafted uh, uh, Raheem. Is it Raheem or Raheem Mostert? Raheem Mostert, who I had Mostert. last year. <laughs> yes, I drafted him in both leagues. He is out for the season after week one. Um, so in the one league that I'm in, I named my team. I guess I most start over. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I like it. Thank you. It's team name because I almost won the whole league with it was Captain America's beard. That was I like a, that one. That I remember one. that one, yeah. The one was a good one, but the yeah. goddamn Sarnecki brothers had to come in there and kick my ass. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they do that. And Dan Cohen, you can suck it and not like yes. podcast. But enough football talk, even though the uh, Giants are currently playing right now, now and I'm both watching the game. We're not watching. I'm both watching the game, wearing a Giant shirt, and talking to you guys on this podcast. We are... As Bill said, we are talking what if this week, and we start the episode 
every week with the, you know, we do, we do a lot of research on this podcast. Uh, a lot of time and effort goes into it. So we, we read the Wikipedia entry. Didn't you want to talk the about that? Didn't you want to talk about that other thing first? Let's save it for the end. Let's do that. Let's save it for the end. Let's get it. Let's get through what if, and then we'll talk about the, the thing that made Al very happy this week. All right. Um, this episode is episode six of What If, uh, directed by Brian Andrews, who is the director of the entire series, and written by Matthew Chauncey, uh, who also wrote What If Zombies, co-wrote um, What If the World Lost Its Mightiest Heroes, and What If T'Challa Became Star-Lord. AC Bradley taking up the rest of the show. He's also the creator of the show. Um, all right, so... Episode six, what if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? This was a really cool concept, and we'll definitely get into that in a minute. But here's the description via Wikipedia. In Afghanistan, Tony Stark's military convoy is ambushed by the Ten Rings, but he's saved by Eric Killmonger Stevens. Returning to Stark Industries with Stark, Killmonger exposes Obadiah Steen's involvement in the ambush before helping Stark build a humanoid combat drone using vibranium. Needing more to create a drone army? They arrange for James Rhodes to purchase from Ulysses Claw. At Killmonger's behest, Claw leaks word of the transaction to Wakanda to lure in T'Challa, while Killmonger kills T'Challa and Rhodes and stages it to look as if they killed each other. Stark confronts Killmonger, but the latter kills Stark and stages it as a Wakandan attack before killing Claw and reuniting with his estranged family in Wakanda. Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross sends the completed army to attack Wakanda in retaliation for the murders of Rhodes and Stark, but Killmonger leads the Wakandans in successfully defeating them. In the aftermath, Killmonger ingests the heart-shaped herb, becoming the new Black Panther. As the United States prepares to eradicate Wakanda, T'Challa's sister Shuri visits Pepper Potts and informs her of Killmonger's deceptions before proposing that they will work together to expose the truth. Whoa. All right. Question. No, you say the yeah. ten, you say the ten rings were behind the attack? Yeah. Yeah. As in Shang Chi and the Ten Rings? Correct. Yeah. So the Ten Rings, it's that's been uh, apparent since um Iron Man, Iron Man One. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The Ten Rings have been a part. So that's what they named like I think where people are, you know, like kind of a disconnect in terms of that is the Ten Rings were what the terrorist organiz- organization called themselves who um, took in Tony Stark, but the Mandarin was not in the first film and he is like the leader of the 10 rings. Um, And then once we finally get the Mandarin, there really was no 10 rings connection in Iron Man three. So they're kind of bringing it back full circle and and bringing them back into the forefront um, in the Marvel universe as, you know, um, super, super, super bad guys. Uh, But yeah. So, all right, guys, Killmonger, rescued tony stark start right off the bat um what what did you guys think of this episode i'll start with our uh new esteemed guest uh or just just, the concept the concept we'll we'll get into like how we felt about the episode but what did you think about just the the concept of killmonger rescuing tony stark and kind of um you know changing the entire path of iron man Mm. i think going into it i was um kind of unsure what to expect because like we've seen Killmonger just once before this in Black Panther and like mm-hmm. uh, clearly I mean just from seeing this episode he's a super versatile character you know what I mean he has physical strength he's intelligent he's super calculated in the moves he makes and he's 
charismatic to the point where like anyone believes him in anything that he does. Mm -hmm. He can just turn a conversation in a totally different direction. So, I mean, like it definitely is a concept that works well, especially starting at the very beginning of the MCU, you know, the, the first pivotal moment of the MCU, just seeing it change in such a drastic way, or even just seeing how it changes. Tony is so had such like a interesting potential to it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think the re- the reason I truly loved this concept mm-hmm. over a, a few of the other ones was this is one that really got to play with established MCU kind of canon in the sense yeah. that okay, Tony is um, you know in the desert or in Afghanistan mm-hmm. um, at a certain moment in time, and it's pre-established that. Killmonger was a soldier that could have been also in that same location, mm-hmm. right? Or in the vicinity of it, right? So, and of course, because he is a super calculated man looking for the quickest way to his goals, like the quickest, like, turnout. Yeah. Super calculated. Um, it would only make sense of like, wait, I can, I can intercept Tony Stark friend him have him make me an army and i can go attack wakanda like that's just like i think genius in that in that sense yeah bill what did you think um of just you know the concept like in terms of like it intriguing you you thinking it Uh, you know i mean you're able to execute it you know i mean you're bringing back one of the best i think one of the best mcu characters america killmonger for sure guy who is such a, a shakespearean character a guy who's one of my favorite type of villains is the villain, the justified villain where you can really get behind what he's saying, because what he's saying is true in many respects, although his motivations are clouded as T'Challa says by hate, revenge, murder, death, mayhem. Um, Of course he didn't say all that, but you know what I'm getting at? And that's what I like when they bring him back because he's such, and getting Michael B. Jordan to voice him, it's such a great return to form. Um, And also playing with the fact that, and I'm probably jumping ahead a little bit, that Killmonger's through line remains the same. So not only do we have a static point with Tony Stark in Afghanistan, we have Killmonger with the same exact motivations, but told through a different story, which I thought was really, really cool. And I was very excited when I found out it was a Killmonger episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a cool concept that they, with these what if stories, a lot of the personalities of these people don't change. It's more about just their path, mm-hmm. right? So even though when we get T'Challa as Star-Lord, he's still like very, not not humble, but like, he, he's just good. He's got a very, he's just a very good human. And that, you know, even though he is like this, you know, space spy, right? Like there's still such good in him um, that but, they just don't, they don't take that away. But this was different though. This felt like it was just like Killmonger's like, like the, it wasn't just the character trait was the same of Killmonger. It's like his story was the same. His motivation. Yeah. Was yeah. Same, we, which we was were saying like everyone else was sort of changed a bit mm-hmm. where he was just on that path. And I think that subversion of what we've seen with the other characters yeah. where it's like, Oh, well, you know, this is different, you know, okay. Whatever, you know, Dr. Strange, what happens if he's, you know, on two different timelines and one part of him is like, Oh no. And the other part's like, no, I really care about, 
um i care about my girlfriend you know what i mean you know it's it's a little different you know even the first episode where we see uh steve and carter they're they're in different roles you know what i mean he's Mm -hmm. in the same lane and i love that that they did not make him like eric killmonger good guy you know right there's the shot boys (laughs) we said it earlier that like he just with it makes logical sense that he would have done this plan because it's just the quickest way to get what he wants Mm -hmm. and it's the most calculated like every move he made made sense befriend tony stark have him build an army for him pretend to attack wakanda to get the the good gracious like you know like for them to trust him like Mm -hmm. he every move is so super calculated and it all fit the killmonger that we were um shown in black panther played amazingly by michael b jordan and i think this is basically probably the best voice performance we've gotten so far outside outside of of uh hayley atwell i think i was gonna say outside of john favreau john favreau (laughs) he's good yeah Yeah, I think that's the key part of this episode being or having the strengths that it has is bringing that MCU voice cast in there. Because I think it adds such an authenticity and such a familiarity to what makes the MCU great with having those iconic characters when you have those voices with it. And like it's part of the unevenness sometimes of the series where like you bring Mm -hmm. in new voice actors for characters, you know, and you get like I had that with Spider-Man last week with not having Tom Holland there where you hear it and you're like, oh. It feels like a uh, like a discounted thing of it. But with this, you get that full version. It really pays off here because you get that real feel of Killmonger being there. And yeah, I, I can bounce off that. I thought the voice actor for Tony Stark, like I thought it was the fake, the, that actor whose name I always forget, who I always call fake Jack Black, who was in like Pitch Perfect. He was in that movie with Zac Efron and Aubrey Plaza and Anna Kendrick um, I can't think of his oh, name. Oh, uh, Adam Devine. I always, I thought it was him just because the way he was played. I'm just like, yeah. you're, you're doing a bad Robert Downey Jr. impersonation. And it yeah. kind of took me out of the Robert Downey Jr. scenes because I was just like, mm-hmm. it feels like he's playing this manic version of Tony Stark where Tony Stark was very manic at times, but he was also very grounded at points. Mm-hmm. And I never thought that groundedness in Tony Stark was done properly in the episode via the voice actor who was also in a previous episode and did really great. I think he voiced, um, I don't remember who he voiced. He voiced someone else and did a great job mm-hmm. with it, but this, I just didn't work for me. Yeah. So I, I guess that goes into my next, my next question for you was <laughs> voice performances. We get a pretty loaded cast again, in terms of uh, people reprising their roles, plus people filling in for roles as well. So Let's try to go through this real quickly. So Tony obviously was not uh, Robert Downey Jr. And then Pepper was also not Pepper. Not quite. Yeah, not no. Pepper. Was Shuri Shuri? Nope. Nope, it's, because Shuri uh, was a kid in this one. Right, it's a younger version yeah, of Shuri. Yeah, that's true. Which I don't... Because this is like 2008. Yeah. Yeah, this I guess, like yeah, that makes a sense. a decade ago. Unless the... The creating of the the uh, suits is a big passage of time. It has to be still no. like 08. Yeah. Which, I, yeah. which I didn't really get until you guys said that. Yeah, that makes sense. About it. Um, so yeah, so but so the pepper, you- but the pepper voice acting was so similar to Gwyneth Paltrow mm-hmm. that it didn't bother me at all. Much like how Lake when Lake Bell was uh, Black Widow. 
God, I love Lake Bell. So she's great. I, I wish she wasn't. I like her too. I liked her in uh, Harley Quinn as a uh, Poison Ivy. Like yeah, perfect, she's fantastic. perfect voice acting there. It felt a little off for her to be Black Widow. Uh, Pepper Potts, honestly, I couldn't get into it this time. It just didn't. It didn't work for me. It didn't work for me. I feel like that was that was worse for me than than Tony because the guy was at least trying to do a Tony impression, like a Downey impression. Um, bad, but he did it. I think it's maybe because the uh, the way they animate Tony in that at least looks like Robert Downey Jr. The animation, like whatever the animated thing for Gwyneth Paltrow, and this yeah. does not does look not like look like her. No, no, it does not like look that. like her at all. No, it didn't. You're right. That's what that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That I makes think sense. it helps a little that bit. Yeah. Was was Angela Bassett? Yes. I mean, yeah. Love Angela Bassett. Oh, so good. I love the line when he looks. He's like, "General, what do you think?" And I'm like, "Son of a bitch." That's what I want to see. <laughs> Yeah. Um, any other voice performances stand out for you guys? John Favreau. Um, yeah. Johnny Fabs. <laughs> like, that was supposed to be my like. I just like the fact that Happy's just a bitter son of a bitch in this one. Like he's just like yeah. I was supposed to be my role. I mean, I and then he punches like, out fake Jeff Bridges. I was gonna say, did oh. they get Jeff Bridges back or no? They did not. Okay, <laughs> I couldn't. So Jeff bad. Bridges has been through a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I love Jeff Bridges in Iron Man. Oh. <laughs> That's the one was over the top. Like he had to set the tone for villains. Yeah. For the whole MCU. And he's just like, I'm gonna put I'm gonna go like at least up to 15. I'm not yeah. going to 10. I'm going to 15. But it was just so funny because all his most famous roles are at like at a like his energy levels are like at a four. Yep. Like crazy hard, big Lebowski. He's just like Yeah. As about as stoned as you can get. Love it. Um I like that they brought uh, Don Cheadle back, at least get his voice in as the Iron Man one story, you know, make it a little more like cohesive in that way. And Andy do you think he'll do you think he'll get and an Andy Emmy nom for this one, too? <laughs> Maybe not. But uh, <laughs> I don't wish. do they do? I Emmy, no. Do they do Emmys for voice acting? They should. I think there is a voice acting awards. Yeah, I want to say if there's not, there should be. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have friends who legitimately have won Emmys in animation. I should probably ask them about <laughs> good question. No, 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 question. no, I'm sorry. There is. There is. Oh, okay. Well, the Annies, I know, are like that. And I think there are some voice acting one, yeah, for animation. Yeah, there okay. is. Like, I literally yeah. remember seeing the ballots. So I should. Yeah. I should <laughs> so we get these kind of merging of two super well-established well-established like universes on themselves we get the iron man like trilogy kind of we get well, I'm sorry we get we get we get the iron first iron man movie which is mm-hmm. it started at all it is it is one of the most well-known marvel movies in the top 10 um like just quintessential movies right mm-hmm. oh yeah Absolutely. Then you get Black Panther, which is top ten quintessential Marvel. A top ten quintessential yeah. Marvel movie. Um, I, how did you guys feel with like these worlds merging, right? And do we want to? And we've been talking about this a lot on the podcast. It's like, do you, we want to see more stories where these two worlds are kind of like? Do you want to see a continuation of this? I guess is my question tom 
Um, I mean, overall, I enjoyed, I think having Killmonger as the centerpiece of these two worlds colliding is what makes it work so well, because he kind of is able to balance himself between these two entities, essentially, so well, because he's using them in a way for his plan. So there is a through line in between them colliding together. It's not like just this, like, collage of things just sticking together, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. In terms of it, I mean, they try to make it... They try to make it kind of come together at the end with uh, Shuri and Pepper being like this like dynamic duo to take on Killmonger. I don't know. It just felt like a weak way to end the episode. Well, none of these episodes have ended particularly strong. Every right. episode has ended well, in, a, in a way okay. that shows that there is going to be some sort of continuation. Yeah. Right. We have, and we don't have to go through the whole list, but like, even just um, the last episode, mm-hmm. the zombies episode, right? Yeah. Like, there's more to that story. There's more to um, Captain, Captain Carter. Carter. Yeah, exactly, right? And someone pointed out in the trailer for the mid-season of What If, you see Shuri and um, and Pepper in, like, battle mode. Mm-hmm. Like, holding that gun that... Um, that was used to kill Black Panther, like mm-hmm. a, a clip that we did not see. Right. So obviously they are going to do something, whether it's part twos of these or a a way to blend them all together in some kind of a multiverse Avengers, right? Yeah. Well, they've mentioned... You know, that's why it's in tough. The, uh, in the trailer, too, they also showed uh, the evil Doctor Strange with a Thor that we haven't seen yet. Um, so I think they're also, I think that will be like the last episode. They're going to kind of have like a, uh, like that multiversal event type episode. Yeah. It's yeah. like, is, will it be great? Because we're getting these endings, right. Where they're kind of so, so, so like we're getting like, so, so lead ups to what should be a big event thing, but it just doesn't. They recreate the, that now famous Avenger shot where it's like that tracking shot of all the Avengers loading up to fight. Mm-hmm. Where it's like Gamora, who we have not seen, right? Yep. Jala, Carter, and all these other people. So yeah, I think we're definitely going to get that. But I agree with I agree. Like the thing that killed me about this episode was we had this brilliant just build from Killmonger mm-hmm. to to bring down not only the Empire of Tony Stark, but the Empire of Wakanda, and then it's just like. Ross is like, we're going to bomb the shit out of him. Pepper walks in her office and sure. He's like, well, I found out how we're going to do it with literally no like tension building or stakes. And, and it's just like, it almost ended up like police, like um, naked gun where it's just like, well, we got him. And it's like, and we go right to credits. And you're like, I think, I think we are, we're processing these as movies and they're not. No, because they are taking well, they're taking they're taking the movies, the movies. Sorry, it's my favorite, <laughs> my favorite SNL, my favorite SNL skit of the last decade. All right, um, McDonald, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, rest of these. Turd Ferguson. It's a big ass. Stop it! You were making me lose my train of thought very, very quickly. <laughs> um, we're, we're treating we when we watch these because we are seeing actual moments from the films getting subverted we're treating these as movies. And when we see these endings, we're like, that's how you're going to end it. That's how you're going to end this basically short film. No, I'm not saying 
I'm not saying that I felt like if you had given me a hint, a flashback of anything of Shuri, who is a genius, as she has told us, and we saw in the Black Panther movie, seeing something like if we had seen, she's like, well, Tony Stark's not the only genius. And we saw a flashback or something of her seeing Killmonger palming the remote of her hacking something of there's just something that we could sink our teeth into, not just this. I got it. And it's you just like, hear her like voice her opinion about him. Yeah, but then she in the fight. Him, yeah, but then she said, "You're a genius. She, you did it." Yeah, and also she, like she never trusted him. She's like yeah, a kid. Was, it was too vague. Well, she but she's like a kid, and now she just uh, now after that she's just gonna go all the way to the U.S. while they're at war and like make this secret plan with yeah, Pepper. It felt so forced in there. It's like it just kind of like it. It feels like a reason to lead up to what we're talking about. This big multiversal event. Like it didn't feel like a satisfying conclusion. Like like Bill said, that was built up. Like to me, like honestly, the uh, Shuri Pepper thing just feels so tacked on. Like if it yeah. just ended with T'Challa and Killmonger, I feel like that would have been a with the Watcher kind of narrating something about it afterwards. I think that's like a definitive. Like um. My favorite episode in this uh, series so far has been the Doctor Strange episode because it ends on that that perfect note that doesn't have to lead to anything else after that. It leads to just him crying in the middle of the universe with the Watcher just looking at him disappointed. Like, it's perfect in that way because it's uh, definitive. Because it, it's like, like you said, the most calculated man, Kill, Killmonger, does everything. Then all of a sudden she's like, well, Tony Stark's not the only genius. I basically found this footage. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen 15 to 30 seconds of her being under pressure, how she found that footage, because it was just like, all right, here it is. And you're like, that's it. That that's, you're literally going to end it. And you end it so abruptly with them both smiling Riley about it. It's just like, sure. He's such a great character. Like she would do something genius to find it out. Like Tony's saying, yeah, I planted a, uh, yeah. Don't ever think I'm not watching. Perfect. Her to even have just a little bit more exposition or even a little scene to show her how she's a genius and and figured it all out would have been would have made this episode excellent. But instead, you just kind of end it where it is. It felt like a very abrupt ending, like almost like they didn't know how to end the episode. Right. Yeah. No, I get you. I think I think the ending would have worked better for everyone involved, as as Bill, you were saying, is like if they just gave more of a hint. To Shuri not mm-hmm. trusting him more or finding something out, blah blah blah. I think that would have helped. But again, they, they don't sure. have a ton of time. I think I I think it was mm-hmm. just I think you just have to piece together that Shuri's really smart and just probably figured it out. I guess right. what they were going yeah. for. It may just yeah. it just didn't stick the landing, they did, uh, right. which pretty much prevents this from being like a kind of perfect episode in that sense. Yeah. Um, Trying to think what else I want to talk about because we, we covered a lot already. Um, I mean, we've we talked side characters, we talked voice acting. Uh, let's just talk Michael B. Jordan for a hot minute. I mean, it, I, I feel blessed that we get to see a whole story with him basically continuing to play Killmonger. Like, we're not seeing an altered version of him, we're just seeing him in a different time, right? Can I, so, ask, can I ask a question for someone who is not always in tune with the MCU? Yeah, go. As you guys are. There is, there's no more Killmonger stories, right? Yeah, he did. Right. 
no, no, no. I know he's dead, but well, we're not we're not pulling a Black Widow where he's gonna have a prequel movie or. Well, there's there was talks of him be returning to uh, for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that was ever confirmed. Well, it's possible because um, because he took the Black Panther like serum, whatever you want to call that. Uh, he can mm-hmm. now show up in the plane in the afterlife plane when like um mm, true. he goes in there. So I, I think there will be some type of talk or him be there in the next film. It's more than likely. I'm sure it'll happen. They'll do it for the fans. Why not? Well, I mean, and we're in what kind of series, right? I think that's more focused on the Dora Malaji. Dora Malaji. Yeah. yeah. Which, which, which me, is give genius. Me, give me that crime. Definitely. Definitely. I want it. Yeah. I want it. I want it now. Um, Bill, any, anything I missed? What, 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 I mean, what, what if we're just going to celebrate Michael B. Jordan, I mean, first off, I mean, you know, sadly, we had the passing of, of Michael K. Williams the third, Yeah. Uh, or Michael K. Williams, I should say. And, you know, go watch Michael B. Jordan in The Wire when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. He was excellent in that. And most people don't know he's in that show. Everyone talks about The Wire. Everyone talks about him, about Omar. They talk about the other characters, but... Michael B. Jordan in that movie, that series is phenomenal. And I don't know if you guys have watched The Wire or not, but it is, mm-hmm. it, that is, that is recommended. That is must watch television. It's amazing. Is that on HBO Max? A hundred percent. Okay. hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. I've always, I've always, it's been on my list forever. I've, I think it's my, one of those, you know, when you get into it, when you start it, you're not going to stop it, but he's great in that. Michael B. Jordan has been a treasure to us for a long time. It's sad we might not get any more Killmonger, but he's just. I mean, we. I think we will. <laughs> maybe, maybe we I think we're going to see. We're going to see more of him in, in this at least, and it's yeah. great that we get to see that. You know what? That really means for me. Bring give me a Hella episode. Like I want. That's I, I've been saying forever that Hella is probably one of the best MCU. Good. She's hella good. Probably <laughs> one of the best MCU villains we've had in a long time. I have to watch Ragnarok to tell you. Yeah, you really need to. You haven't seen Ragnarok? Ragnarok. I know. If if you've listened to this podcast, I stopped watching MCU at a certain point just because I had a kid and terrible jobs. Um, uh, But also, (laughs) hey, Kate Blanchett in the new Guillermo del Toro film. Oh, 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 brother. Mm. Uh, That looks amazing. But yeah, there's Michael B. Jordan in this. Like, the more we can get of Michael B. Jordan in serious roles and just meaty, great stuff. I know without remorse that Amazon Prime show he did <laughs> what what did well, I think, with viewers because it was Tom Clancy property. But give me better Michael B. Jordan stuff. Isn't he directing yeah. Creed 3? Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing about Michael B. Jordan. He is he's the new Denzel, in my opinion. I'll, I'll do the hot take. He's the great, he's the next, he's going to be a juggernaut dramatic actor for the next 20 to 50 years. Yeah. This is how it's going to be. He, he's that good. My yeah. my introduction to him, I think, was Chronicle. My yeah. 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 Chronicle's great. Love. Everyone wanted to talk about Dane DeHaan in that movie. It was Michael B. Jordan was the guy. Well, Dane DeHaan was like the star of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, but you know who really made out? Dane DeHaan was a hot for a hot minute post Chronicle. He had a role in and you know everything. Interviewed him and Cara Delevingne an interview on thepopbreak.com about that movie they did that Luke Besson directed. Go check uh, it out. But no, seriously, Michael B. Jordan wasn't it a uh, Journey of a Thousand Planets? Was that it? so close? It's something like that. Yeah, okay. but and a movie I actually bought tickets to and the the theater broke, so I got a refund. Oh, but, okay, nice. 
<laughs> the theater broke. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, if we don't have anything else to discuss, I guess like plot wise, because really we loved everything about it and structurally it made sense. Yeah. There was no really wasted time. I think my, my one thing that was something I didn't like, but loved at the same time was the design of the drones uh, for multiple reasons. One, it looked like it should have been from Gundam Wing. Well, that's the thing. They made that that joke. joke. They made the joke. So that's the reason I loved it. Right. (laughs) And then the reason I didn't like it was, and kind of liked it at the same time was it it was very reminiscent of the drones from Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. I was thinking the same exact thing. Well, and I think I like that. It's kind of like a good nod to it. I think too, because like, they were created by like villains in that movie. So it's kind of with Killmonger helping create it. It makes sense. They kind of resemble that villain like look to it. They don't have, they don't look like Iron Man. They look more like what the uh, kind of like bootleg Iron Man was supposed to be. Yeah. uh, With all that. And yeah, it makes sense because he never created Iron Man. So there's nothing to draw inspiration from. Right. He has no design for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Um, But yeah, let's just, let's just dive right into um, like, our review of the episode mm-hmm. uh, we do our rating scale it's, it's again it's very top-notch very high level we do one to ten a question marks a lot of research um, a lot, a lot of, of research <laughs> uh, one to ten question marks um, just yeah let us know your rating of the episode overall thoughts and I guess where do you want to see this story go next if you can even fathom it um, I'll start with Bill go seven out of ten question marks i think it would have been a lot higher like i've mentioned before if the ending was stuck better um mm-hmm. because we had such a great buildup. and my god the battle scene where he's on the rhino he charges into them he's standing on top and he's kicking people's asses and then angela bass's character just with a spear in her hand yelling for t'challa she's crying Beauty, the best animation yeah. of the series. It was so good. I loved it so much as my voice cracks from not being, from being completely scorched by whiskey and wrestling. It's, it's a WW thing. It's, it's all good. But I thought this episode built up so well, but again, the ending just didn't hit for me, especially when you give me a character like Shuri, who was so awesome in Black Panther. Give me more. You could have given me 15 to 30 more seconds that it would have made this episode a nine for me. But just the ending just didn't do it for me. But I really like, I really, I want to see more Killmonger. I think we're going to, I think we could see more there. And if we're going to get Pepper and Shuri evolved in battle mode in the Avengers, hell yeah, sign me up, dude. I'm ready for it. But I felt this episode had this great setup. I mean, and also we didn't talk about the Tony Killmonger scene where Tony confronts him, Mm -hmm. even though I wasn't a huge fan of the voice acting of the Tony character, um, that scene was awesome. I would have, of the what ifs, that's the scene I would have loved to have seen in a movie Mm -hmm. the most for me to see that scene break down Killmonger and Tony, Mm -hmm. them breaking down, having the the drone battle him. That's an amazing scene that would have been like an all time Marvel classic and um, yeah, so it's going to be a seven for me. I, mean, I might go 7.5, but like it's between seven and 7.5 for me for this episode. Tom, Tom. what's your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I think it hit right on an eight for me. 
it's such a great thing to see not just Iron Man one be so like well um, understood in its writing and Black Panther as well, but see them come together in a way that's so cohesive and legitimately captivating. Like I I remember watching uh, the third episode, the murder mystery episode, basically with uh, the Avengers getting killed off. Uh, I loved that, that driving thing through it, that nice thread through it that like, kept me so engaged with it of like who is this killer and like with this it was the same thing of but it was just like what is killmonger gonna do next like you're so he's such a great character to draw yourself to and michael b jordan being there is such a great part of that i think it's such a key part of that because we've seen that throughout the series of this uneven voice acting it takes you out at the moment but with him being there it keeps you there i think they had so many great ideas through this and even though they don't stick the landing on the ending I think there's such a great promise for Killmonger in this to have something more for him, even if it's not within the live action MCU canon. Um, and obviously, I think, like Bill said, like with the Shuri and Pepper stuff, it's going to lead to some type of multiversal type episode. We're seeing all the teases for it and all that kind of stuff. So I'm there for it. I'm signed up. I'm there. And there's one thing I forgot to add. There's a great mm-hmm. Killmonger moment where he, when he kills Tony. He takes his shirt off and he takes his knife out and he gets yeah. killed. It was that's ah, so badass. It's such a good understanding of these characters and these stories. Like yep. that's what I like, and I think that's what this series really needs. I think this episode could be a great template for what what if needs to be going mm-hmm. forward. I Same agree. with the Doctor Strange episode. I think both of them together really define what what if is from the even just the comic series and to what this could be. That's a great point, Tom. That's an yeah. awesome point. I'm glad we brought them on the podcast to make that point. I'm going to go with an eight out of 10 question marks. I thought the episode was solid. I think I, I do agree with you after talking about a little more of that, just the, the ending little lackluster. I think it could have been better as like an end tag. If <laughs> anything, like if we got like a little bit of credits and then that, I think that would have been a little right. better. Um, one thing we didn't discuss, and I know this is in the middle of my review, but did any of you find it odd, and not odd in the sense of like story structure or anything, but odd that Marvel would kill T'Challa and keep that in with with uh, Chadwick um, actually voicing him? Like, you don't think that like stirred up a people? Like, I hadn't, I haven't seen any negative backlash online, and it, again, it works structurally works story-wise makes sense with the character Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i think it would have worked you know honestly the more i keep seeing t'challa in the the series i really think the star lord one episode would have worked better later because like same introduced uh in this being basically his body being fed to wanda and then him being killed at the hands of killmonger like I think. Oh, but wait, there's we're probably getting more, right? But if not, I'm just basically. I agree. Agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, Royal Tenenbaums. For a second, what this argument presupposes is maybe he doesn't. You know, it's just like thank you, Tom. I appreciate you. <laughs> um, but it's it's. I look at it like if this is the last time. You know, every time we're like, man, the the Star Lord one was so good. Mm-hmm. That should be our last. Right thing, but if we do get this multiversal Avengers and he gets one final moment, I I I I wouldn't be shocked if we get one final moment with Chadwick voice acting 
where he's like, and it gets like a really good final line. Mm-hmm. I can't see Marvel just sending him out like this. You know what I mean? I can't see that. Yeah. Okay. Well, Tom, yeah. Um, I know I'm in the middle of my review, so uh, just quickly end. Uh, I thought Michael B. Jordan was fantastic, um, and T'Challa, um, or uh, Chadwick Boseman, uh, Don Cheadle. Like I, I thought um, the voice acting was pretty solid overall. Um, I want to spend more time in this story specifically, or just get more time with Killmonger. The only thing I'm a little hesitant about is because this is like, the fullest extent Killmonger. Like, I don't think we're going to see any growth with this character in the sense like he's going to just remain himself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one issue with Marvel villains outside of like Loki. We don't get a lot of growth. And I think this is a mm-hmm. good opportunity in What If to show different sides of these characters and not just what we are used to. We want that, obviously, we want to see that in a what if scenario, but if you're going to continue this on, okay, he's a killer. He's going to be a killer. He has his end goals, whatever. Right. Like at the same time, like, is he going to change at all? Is he going to learn anything? I don't know. I just kind of want to see them attempt it. Cause we've seen it with Loki over and over and over again. The Loki that we meet in Avengers is not the Loki that we get in Loki. Literally. Right. I, so, I, mean, I wouldn't mind a Loki killmonger team up. Mm. Cool. Fine. Make a villains team up. Just give me all the villains. Yeah. But are they villains? Uh, yeah. Loki, I would say I mean, Killmonger. Loki, Loki made his question everything. I would say Killmonger's a villain. Loki, oh, but maybe he, not. He teamed up. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for um the what if section of the podcast. Uh, quickly, I want to get your reactions to uh the next show <laughs> that we are going to be reviewing on this um, on the podcast. Course, we're not sponsored or not sponsored not yet plus not yet <laughs> but maybe one day maybe one day um and we uh earlier this week we got the uh first trailer for the hawkeye series that is going to be premiering um at the uh, i think thanksgiving right or the end of yeah, november end of November. i think it's going to be thanksgiving eve thanksgiving eve um Smart. man oh. i have been really excited about this show a lot of people what reason, have, though <laughs> yeah I'm like i wasn't right i wouldn't say i wasn't excited but <laughs> all right so for the majority of the world that is obsessed with the mcu um hawkeye and jeremy renner as a human rank pretty low in terms of what people care about right that is not why I'm excited about the show. When they announced that they were going to make a Hawkeye series, the first thing that came to my mind was, oh my God, they are going to try to adapt Matt Fraction and David Aha's run on Hawkeye, which is a very, very, very like street level, like non-aliens world ending story where it's mm-hmm. basically Hawkeye in like full depression mode. Um training or 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 um it's basically like his relationship with the new hawkeye keep bishop um and it is one of the most powerful stories i've ever read in the in the medium um it's it introduces us to one of the greatest good boys in the world pizza dog um it is just one of the most like well executed stories i've ever read in marvel or any other comics it's so so well done 
Also, Kate Bishop's fucking awesome. The character's great. Like she is. I love awesome. that analysis. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like you don't need an analysis. Like, and and I believe Haley Steinfeld was perfectly cast as Kate Bishop. So I had been excited about this for a while. And because of the quality of shows that we've been getting since WandaVision, I'm like, they are 100 percent gonna do this. When the trailer dropped, my Oh no! Oh. Wow, you're adapting it pretty. Wow. Wait, pretty. Faithful. Yeah, that was that was bad. You froze Amazing. in the middle of your like, and your <laughs> yeah. big reveal. You froze <laughs> the cliffhanger totally. Yeah, you killed us there. Uh, <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> all right, I don't. I don't remember where I I stopped. Just, just. just now he's. I, I, no, I did. I did that on purpose, so my okay. connection would be better. My okay, connection's so. not stable. Your your big crescendo there. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Okay. And <laughs> um, I want to leave this in because it's perfect. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Um, and then the trailer dropped, and all of my expectations were met and exceeded because not only are we getting a faithful adaptation of this storyline but they're adding elements to it that i didn't expect um they're leaning really heavily into like the christmas motif i'm a sucker for any christmas stories the yes. fact that they have a Art. hamilton-esque play oh. called rogers yeah <laughs> that is about the story of steve rogers captain america dude and and lynn manuel miranda tweeted the gif of steve rogers saying I, I got understand. that reference. Yeah. <laughs> I I blown away. And and it yeah. looks fucking fun. We yeah. have not had a fun MCU show yet. We've had a um mind-bending slash dramatic slash like horror with WandaVision. We've gotten a like political, um, you know, very fun, but very, you know, um political heavy um show with with falcon and winter soldier and then loki we was you know we get the it's doctor who we get the like the time traveling show yeah. this one looks like the first like legit like comedy and we're gonna get some like serious moments in this as well if it's anything like the fraction run but at the same time it's just so it looks so much fun i love any i'm such a sucker for christmas movies and tv shows it's insane so I, i'm done i didn't know what, that. I didn't know you were a huge <laughs> Mark there. What'd you say? I didn't know you were a huge Christmas fan. You know I'm a huge Christmas fan. I Who not, isn't a huge I, Christmas fan? You're one of my best fan. friends. I did not know that. Really? And we Dude, now, love, we're now going to Ryan, Ryan, who's been on this podcast, calls me Captain Christmas. I, I Wow. Well, yeah. We're going to have to battle in the Christmas film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, if you want a great Christmas film double feature, you go Die Hard, Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Like, that's all you need. I mean, correct. 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 Yes. And if you want to make it a triple feature, Royal Attendant Bombs, even though it's not really a Christmas film, but it's kind of a Christmas film. All right. All right. Throw it in there. Uh, but yeah, so Bill, going into this blind, not someone who is an avid comic reader, uh, I'm guessing did not read this run that I'm talking about, and someone who was not excited about this show, what did you think of the trailer? 
Was I not excited about the show? I don't think so. Based on me I, saying I, I, I was really excited. You're like, were you? I, I mean, like, I don't know. Like if I was, I don't know if I was super stoked for Hawkeye as a series, because I was like, I mean, Hawkeye, like you said, is not exactly high on the, you know, the food chain for Marvel, but seeing this setting it during Christmas, I'm like, and then just seeing it's kind of got this, it almost reminds me of the Marvel Netflix shows where it's kind of got this like kind of knock around. We're going to get a little violent here, guys. Like we're going to like, like you said, street level type of Hawkeye where we're not seeing him battling, you know, Thanos. We're seeing him battling the street gangs of New York, AKA the mob. So it's like John Wick me talk. I, and then Haley Steinfeld Seinfeld is a, a Steinfeld. Sorry. I've been a fan of her since true grit, a movie, despite my undying love for the Coen brothers was not one of my favorite Coen brothers movies. Not one of my favorite movies either. She was awesome in it. I'm not a pitch perfect guy either. She was awesome in that. So it's like, she really has done great for herself and to see her and her comedic timing thrown into the MCU there's there's something called pizza dog in there. I don't know what it is. I'm all in. We've been talking about pizza dog since goddamn WandaVision now. So mm-hmm. it's like, and it was set during Christmas. So I'm like, this is like kind of a perfect show. And it's kind of wild to think about the fact we've gotten four Marvel. This will be the fourth Marvel series this year. They've spread them out so much that Wanda felt like it dominated so much of our time in the winter. Falcon in the spring, I felt like we didn't even get uh, enough time with Loki, but to get this during the holidays, especially when it seems like we're not getting the book of Boba Fett or any kind of uh, meaningful Star Wars series outside of the anime series, which we'll see. I'm sure, Tom, you're going to talk about that at some point. Oh, yeah. Oh, brother, here we go. (laughs) Uh, That was just, that was (laughs) even me trying to raise my voice. It's just how shot it is. It, like I'm just all for it. I think Jeremy Renner is going to be great with Haley Steinfeld because let's think about this outside of this Paramount. I guess he has a Paramount plus show that's coming out soon, but he's never really carried stuff. He's always been second banana in shows, second banana, probably 14th banana in the MCU, uh, uh, you know, a supporting player in the mission impossible series. I mean, really his big leads were like wind river and her locker, her Rival. locker, but he, what was that one? Arrival. 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 He was like he was still a supporting guy in Arrival. Yeah, okay. Still second thing. banana. Jeremy Adams that's Town. That's Ben Affleck. He was a yeah. No. Well, hello. He stole the show. He stole the show in the town. But he is the town. Yeah, but that's a Ben. Affleck. It's Ben Affleck's movie. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Which God, I'll watch that any day yeah. of the week. It was such a great movie. And uh, I wrote the original review like. 12 years ago on the poprate.com. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's like he's never really been the main guy. He had that born movie that which didn't really move the needle. Like he's never- I totally fucking forgot about that. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and Wind River, which was the Terrell Sheridan thing, joint, I should say. And like so he's never been like the main guy in a lot of stuff, but now he's carrying this. And I think we're gonna get that buddy cop thing. I thought we were gonna really gonna get with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like for the comedy wise, I think we're going to get like an actually really, really funny MCU series that's going to get serious at times, but ultimately it's a Christmas show. Sorry. There goes my voice. I apologize. (laughs) It's a Christmas show and it's going to be a lot of fun. 
especially when you see her shooting the tennis ball arrow and then it's just later on he shoots an exploding one it's not even mm-hmm. his worst one straight from the comic yeah. great good yeah. awesome it's going to be a lot of this this series is going to be a lot of fun yeah. that's and that's what i hope for yeah. tom i think uh this will be the breakout mcu show like this will truly be the one that hits all the buttons for whatever because i think I mean, upfront trailer. This is the best trailer I think I've seen the MCU bring out like ever. Cause it's just so much fun. It's so easy to connect to um, leading up to it. Like I wasn't like, I don't think anyone would outwardly be like, I'm such a Hawkeye guy, you know, like I like it's tough to, they're tough to find, but like yeah. this, this is my turn me honestly. Like it had such a um, good potential for just people have joked about Hawkeye for so long. Uh, he's not in the posters. Where's Jeremy Renner's name in this thing? Why is he the only one that gets the short end of the stick? And this is now the uh, justice for that. This is the avengement of that. God damn it. Uh, on the podcast time. You're back. Just for the fact you use the word <laughs> avengement, you're coming back on. All right. Perfect. For Hawkeye. I'm going to book yeah. you. <laughs> um, and I mean, I think the Christmas thing was what really set it for me. I think it's such an interesting thing you don't really see with a lot of superhero stuff we just saw it with the um miles morales i'm laughing is al changed his name on zoom to pizza dogs Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and you're not and i see you just came up as michael moore i'm like christ i can't think of what director (laughs) my bro's name uh (laughs) i thought about that when i got on i'm like why does it say that but i was just like oh whatever hey man no judgment Uh, and it's what it is um yeah, the, the Christmas element, I think, will be such a big hit with this. It brings up diehard elements. It has such good, like, like when he's running through the uh, the restaurant in a tux with the gunfire going on. That's such a diehard moment. I mean, it just feels like it hits that mark so well. I didn't think of that at all. And it, that's, that's awesome. Thank you. For it re- it really like want to see it more. <laughs> yeah, like it just it, and I think Jeremy Renner can do like that diehard feel of it. I think he has that type of persona for it. Um, Come on. And I think too, um, I like what you said about the arrows, Bill, because I think this will be where it'll fix what DC failed with Green Arrow of having those goofy arrows out there. I want to yeah. see boxing glove arrows. I want to yeah. see freeze arrows. I want to see yeah. all that stuff. Like, I there's nothing wrong with being a little goofy. What's wrong? No, with no, I agree. I'm just laughing. <laughs> I think it's follow-up. Fucking hilarious. What's her line in it? She's like, there's more dangerous arrows than this. And his face is so perfect. He's like, yeah. he's like, there is. And I want to see that. And like when yeah. she put out the tennis ball arrow, I'm like, this is great. This feels exactly like what is fun about Hawkeye. And we don't really know who the villain is for this yet. We just see like mobsters. I know there's some stuff with like the Ronin persona that will mm-hmm. probably come up with that. I want to see that goofy Christmas villain though. I really yeah. want to see it. I think so, it'd be so perfect for this. Yeah, I don't. So, want, I don't want a main villain. If it's just like some gangsters and it's related to Christmas, that's fine. Yeah. It also so gives me like random Home Alone vibes. Yeah. yeah. I it's urge you guys. Fun. I urge you to. I guess go in blind, but right after, I want you to pick up the trade that I keep talking about that the fraction and 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 David uh, run on Hawkeye. Well, then because send me, send me some PDFs or. I don't have them, but I'm saying like they pull so much from it um, that 
I don't want to spoil anything, but they're also adding things like um, this is this series going to be the introduction of the hero Echo, who is a deaf superhero. First introduced in the um, in the Daredevil. Um, was that one that in the trailer? Or do we know that's going to happen? No, that's that is just something that was announced and we've known mm-hmm. and she's been uh, cast and everything like that. And then, of course, at the end of the Black Widow film, we oh, know that um, right. this will probably be a. a an appearance of uh, the white widow um yeah yelena mm-hmm. because that's just how it was set up in, in terms of black widow that hawkeye is to blame for uh, black widow's death so it's Florence gonna be very interesting florence Pugh and Haley steinfeld in a scene together yeah it's gonna be super super interesting um to see how i think this is gonna be very important for the mcu in that instance of just not like stakes wise but just kind of these people coming together um i'm 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 really excited to see how that is but that's enough about hawkeye we're gonna be reviewing it come november i can't fucking wait it's gonna be so much fun Um, or recognized by disney plus but always reviewing it correct uh but let's let's go real quick into our uh recommendations before we end the pod and watch the giants lose um I have two two quick ones. Uh, I mentioned it last week, but I'll mention it again since I've actually watched the first two episodes. Why the Last Man on FX oh, on Hulu? Is it good? I haven't checked it out yet. It yeah, is I great. It is really okay. really good. It's really solid so far. the The cast is really good. Uh, Yorick, the guy who playing the guy who's playing Yorick, the main character, uh, he's growing on me. He's an unknown. He's 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 fairly fairly new. Um, and uh, I'm just loving it. I think it's, I think it's really it's a slow build. But okay. um, the, the first episode kind of sets up the first episode is basically the first issue of the book. And then we're kind of seeing how they're making their like so far, it's been small, but pretty significant kind of changes from the book. I'm um, really excited about that. The other one that I'm so happy to report that the show is great um, and it's become a new obsession with me and my wife uh, only murders in the building. We're uh, reviewing every single week on the popbreak.com. Our TV yes. Bonnie is reviewing it and mm-hmm. her views are really convincing me to watch. This yeah. Show. So if, if you haven't heard of the show yet, it's basically like a, a dark comedy starring. I love saying this, Steve Martin and Martin short and Selena Gomez. I heard she's um, great in it. They're all great in it. It is such a perfect show um if you're a fan of true crime if you're a true crime podcast listener uh bill your wife would absolutely adore this show because it, it makes it, it both it both uh it both honors and pokes fun at true crime podcasts she's listening to so many so I yeah <laughs> so she would she would love it because the way that they um but i, I don't want to give anything else away true um, um only murders in the building it's on hulu um big hulu week for me um go check those out tom what do you got for us how many episodes is it before i say my two tom I oh want, say it again I say want, tom i want tom uh-huh. last because he's our esteemed guest so i like him to end the episode if you okay know. but tom had a question okay. yeah how many episodes is the uh murder show so far, they've released four. I'm going to guess it's probably like eight or ten. Okay. Uh, they just, yeah, and they're like 30, 30 to 40 minutes, okay. I think. It's easy. To, you'll, you'll, you'll be hooked within like the first episode. Okay. Why is okay. a little more of a slow burn, but if, yeah. if you've heard anything about it um, mm-hmm. from the... It's a very, very uh, 
critically acclaimed comic series mm-hmm. that lasted 60 issues. It's very good. Um, right. Both awesome. I might, yeah. be, I might be watching an episode and reviewing it for the site. Sweet. Uh, Bill, your, your, uh, your turn. Because I want Tom to go last because he's our esteemed guest and a prolific writer on the poprake.com. Uh, I am watching the great British Bake Off, which the new season will be Ooh. premiering on Netflix on uh, next Friday, actually. And they're going to be releasing, and it's one of the few Netflix series they'll be releasing once a week. So uh, it's like if you want like a blanket of pop culture wrapped around you during the shittiest timeline that we're in right now. The Great British Bake Off is just this wonderfully nice, visually stunning show. That's just, it's just great to binge through and just sit at night and just watch and decompress with. It's fantastic. Uh, if you want to get into something a little more, um, you know, spiritual, a little more on the personal side, definitely check out HBO Max and check out 100 Foot Wave. I've talked about it on multiple podcasts on the mm. before. Um I just uh, took mental health day recently and watched a couple episodes. This series is great. It was renewed for a second season on HBO max. It's about big wave surfing. Um, I'm obsessed with surfing myself. The site was named after the movie point break. I literally told Keanu Reeves that to his face uh, a long, long time ago, which is one of my favorite things I've ever done with the site and in my life. Um, But, and he's a really nice guy. Um, but yeah, hundred foot wave is just not only just like a visually stunning documentary, but it's talks about the people behind those big waves. And it's just a wonderful show to watch and just to get inside the psyche of people who risk their lives to surf the biggest waves of all time. And, uh, yeah, I highly recommend you guys checking that out. And if you, mm-hmm. that's like, wow, that sounds a little too intense. Great British bake off, baby. Yeah. <sighs> think excellent tom go i've been trying to think of ones to recommend i mean i got two for sure um Dude, you review more and write about more things than i ever I know. for my height <laughs> you got recommendations man every time i just watched um malignant last week Was it and good? i can i cannot stop thinking about it i adore this movie so much it's such a it's a weird kind of horror movie. It's, yeah, it's the best parts of James Wan to me of like great jump scares, a really interesting story and just a like insane third act that like either you're going to get into the weirdness of it or it's going to you're, you're just going to sit there and like stare at it. That's I saw what I heard. The third act is like, yeah, that's the make or break. Oh, and it's I watched it in theaters and other people sitting behind me were just like puzzled by it the whole time but i did i could not stop adoring it. it is just like a bloodbath in like just watching it unfold it is like so amazing if you haven't watched it it's on hbo max you can get it for free through the pay through the ad free version it is totally worth your time and it's only like i think it's only like an hour 40 it's not like a two-hour movie it's easy watch you'll get through it it's great did you watch Candyman yet I did. Uh, I, was pretty good. I liked it. I saw it in theaters. I liked it. I liked it. I wasn't a huge fan of the end with that, like, turn with that. I just thought it was an odd choice. Like, we were going in the direction of this new Candyman being born, and it just, like, yeah, takes this turn for no reason. Like, we were getting there with uh, his arm looking like it was going to have to be cut off because this infection is just growing on it. And, like, 
I think it just would have been more interesting to see him like be unable to get out of this fate of sorts. Like he's stuck in it and there's nothing he can do about it. And before um, anyone watches Candyman, Yahya Abdul Mateen II, go watch Watchmen. We've talked about it on this podcast a million times. He is such a great up and comer. I love I'm so happy to see him as Morpheus in the oh. new Matrix. I think it's such a great young Morpheus casting, like so perfect. Chef's kiss. Um, my other recommendation, I've actually just started playing uh Deathloop on uh my PS5. Good. It's great. Uh it's a game where you play as an assassin stuck in a time loop uh, where you have to kill eight visionaries on the island in one run. And you have to like, you kind of do a detective work with it. You try to figure out what their movements are, maybe ways you can figure out to uh, take three out at once, that type of thing. It's from the makers of Dishonored. Uh, so you know you're getting good gameplay. It is just uh, really strong stuff so far. I've really enjoyed it. I'm hooked on it. Even when I'm not playing it right now, I want to be playing it. And that's the great tale of breaking. I doesn't even want to be on the podcast. I just, I'm sorry. I, I love being here, but. We yeah. love you too, Tom. Al, what, what, what are you recommending? Because I know you've got a couple for us. I did. I sent them already. Only murders in the building. Why the last man? Oh, God. Yeah, no, you're good. No. What a dick. No Get worries. Um, no, we're going to go into uh, plugs and then we will we'll say bye to the audience. But uh, you can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. I will be posting photos from um, this weekend. Bill will be reviewing the show for the site and potentially doing some interviews. We will see. Um, who knows? Um, but um, yeah, uh, and the show specifically is see, the See Here Now Music Festival in Asbury Park, New Jersey. That's going to be happening uh, this weekend, September 17th and 18th, I believe, or 18th yep. and 19th. September. Uh, go with my first one. Um, review will be up on the site, poprate.com, but you can see photos uh, that I'll be posting at Al Manorino on Instagram. Uh, Tom, where can people find you? Um, you can pretty much find me just about anywhere. I'll be continuing to write great stuff for the prop break. Um, possibly some death loop coverage, maybe in the near future. Uh, on Instagram, I am at tmorering56. Uh, on, on Twitter, it is at underscore more views. Uh, I will be covering also New York Film Festival next week on In Their Own League. So I'm going to have a ton of new reviews. Even Bill, I'll be doing the new Joel Cohen movie, The Tragedy at Macbeth. Hell yeah, man. His first solo outing. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. I always love reading that Tom review. <laughs> but for me, if you must follow me on Twitter, there's no real reason. It's at Bodkin Writes W-R-I-T-E-S. It's just like <clears throat> wrestling stuff and retweets and plugging thepopbreak.com. End of this month, we are celebrating 12 years 12 years of my life have been dedicated to thepopbreak.com and I could not, I would not take a day back from it ever. It's the, been the best and I've made great friends like Al and Tom and I, hell, I, I officiated Al's wedding. So, I mean, that's how much this site has meant to me. Um, so check me out at Bodkin Rights, but most importantly, thepopbreak.com. Every single day we're talking movies, music, television, uh, anything of, with pop culture, including anime, wrestling, comic books, digital trends. We've got it all video games, which Tom does a great job with. We're talking about it. We're at the pop break on Twitter at the pop break on Instagram, which will be updating during C here. Now we are forward slash pop break.com all spelled out on 
on Facebook. And of course, check us, you know, all our podcasts. We have, check out Pop Break TV, check out the Breakcast, and the winner still is, and the Way Too Early Oscar podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Anchor. And rate, review, subscribe, follow us. We've got like a lot of great podcasts on there. Excellent. Well, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of the Socially Distance Podcast. Join us next week for the 75th episode. 75. Insane. We started this during like week two of the pandemic. Craziness. Uh, but yeah, uh, 75th episode. See here now. Music Festival Review. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.